0: Today I have a guest, her name is Naroth Mendoza and she is a chiropractor who specializes in pelvic health and pregnancy. Uh, A lot to learn here. A big problem with pregnant women having pelvic pain and back pain and hip pain after pregnancy. We're going to talk all about that. But more than that, uh, Dr. Narath talks about how everyone should be really focusing in on their pelvic health, men and women. And she gives some really great action items on how we can do that. We actually used to work together, Mm -hmm. but she has been practicing for 12 years. So tell me a little bit about your story.
1: Well, um, after school, I started to work for a lot of doctors who were sports-focused, um, and I became good at that, and I worked with a lot of athletes, um, but then I started to realize that, like, I was helping people, but it wasn't really making an impact. Um, and then I had um, gotten pregnant and with my first um, baby, and during my, the pregnancy, I had a lot of pain. And it was a lot of pelvic pain. Um, I asked my doctor about it. Um, she was my OB. And she pretty much said, you know, like a lot of women have this pain. And you're just going to deal with it until the end of it. And I thought that was normal. So I was just like, okay, I'm just going to live with it. Um, and then after giving birth, the pain just went away. Um, but during the pregnancy, I had a hard time putting my pants on, a uh, hard time walking, Um Even, like, just bending forward was painful. And it felt like a stabbing pain in my pubic bone. Hmm. Um, But, you know, I was happy that the pain went away. But um, after the pain went away, I started to feel a little bit of back pain. But I thought, well, having a baby, you probably have back pain. Um, So then goes on to the future where I have my second pregnancy. And the same thing came on. Hmm. And I was kind of like, you know... I don't think this is normal. And I asked all my friends who had babies, and they're like, I don't think it is normal because we never had that when we were pregnant. Um, so had the second baby, um, and then the pain started to kind of continue. I started to have more pelvic pain, and then, then I started had a, um, having, like, tailbone pain. So I couldn't sit down, like, in church or anywhere for long periods of time because uh, my tailbone would hurt. Um, and then I started working, where I met you yeah, (laughs) (laughs) and the physical therapist there. Mm -hmm. You remember her, right? (laughs) Um, So she evaluated me and she told me that that type of pain is not normal and that some women do suffer with it while they're pregnant um, and some will still continue to have it after pregnancy. Hmm. Um, So she looked at my core and told me that I had a lot of separation still in my uh, deep core muscle. Now, most women will have that because you're carrying this, like, extra weight on your belly. And so your deep core muscle, they're going to separate. And eventually, after pregnancy, it should come kind of back together. But um,
0: she said that mine, like,
1: kind of just stayed open. And
0: is that diastasis recti or it's no. not even that? It's no. just the deeper muscle? That was weaker, yeah. Okay. So
1: diastasis or diastasis recti, people call it different things. Um, it's actually pretty rare. Hmm. Like okay. women have that because they actually have like torn muscles mm-hmm. and um, a lot of women are told that they have it, that they have DR, but they don't. It's just that their muscles are weaker and you can correct that. Mm. If you have DR, usually it's only like a surgical repair that can that can heal that. Okay. Um, and
0: by the way, for people who don't know what that is, that's when the abdominal muscles during pregnancy just separate, mm-hmm. uh, and then you can actually feel that it's separated if you put your finger there. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And it's not an actual muscle that's tearing, that's separating. It's um, it's just, it's like it's like a rubber band when you pull it, mm-hmm. you overstretch it, and mm. then it gets weaker. Um, But you can strengthen that back. Okay. And that's the reason why women can recover from things like that. Mm -hmm. Some women, like, continue to have that kind of, like, the weakness there because they haven't retrained their core.
0: Hmm, okay. And
1: so that's where I come in. Okay. Where I help women to retrain that before they actually go and do things to actually train it, like doing planking, um, doing sit-ups, um, doing CrossFit, doing Pilates. Things like that shouldn't be done until you actually retrain your core first. Hmm, okay. So there's a difference between the two.
0: So once you have a baby, if you go straight into doing, like, CrossFit or all of those, it actually it can be detrimental. It can be. Okay.
1: And, you know, there's plenty of women out there that can do things like that and never have any issues Mm -hmm. but most of us will have uh, pain later on and they don't understand why they have back pain or tailbone pain or um, why their coccyx feels like it's going up inside of them Mm -hmm. Um, and it's usually because of like a weakening somewhere after pregnancy.
0: So what did you do then after the second pregnancy so you kind of went down this journey Mm -hmm. and how did you repair your uh, Um, how did you address the pain there?
1: So the physical therapist had me doing um, core workouts, but she had me wearing kind of like a a binder. So in Asia, when you've had a baby, you bind your stomach together. I didn't wear something that was like that tight, but she had me wearing kind of like a brace for my stomach and then had electrodes put on there. And every time the electrodes would turn on, I would do a kind of like a crunch. Hmm. And that helped me. It took a long time and it took a lot of effort, but eventually I became stronger. Hmm. Even with that, um... I still had other issues like leaking, and um, which is incontinence, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and later on, after doing a little bit of investigation and finding other um, providers that taught these types of um, courses, I went to them and I learned that it's not just abdominal muscles that you have to work on. It's a breathing technique. It's your pelvic floor muscles and also your back muscles.
0: Hmm. Okay. And when I
1: included all four of those things, then the continence kind of reduced and I felt a lot better.
0: Okay. Yeah. So not only pelvic pain, but the incontinence where you can't hold your urine in, yes. basically, like after you have a baby and you laugh and <laughs> yes, and you yes. <laughs> so then that you know really helped you. So then then you started practice like incorporating this into your practice.
1: I, I a little bit. Um, I just made women more aware of it. Okay. and when I knew someone um, was going through that, then I told them that they needed to find a pelvic floor, um, physical therapist. Um, and they would find someone around the area and then start seeing them. Um, but then I wanted to start doing it on my own, like teaching my patients, um, instead of like having them to go through all these different like providers to just, if they come to me and they tell me about the pain, then I can help them. Yeah. Uh, so I started taking, um, courses and then I, um, took about like two of them already. Um, there's a a company uh, or like an institution that teaches all of this stuff and it's taught by a physical therapist mm. but a lot of other providers go to those um, there's like chiropractors um, occupational therapists um, there's even midwives that goes to these courses and mm. we learn a little bit more about it and we can help them if it's something that we can't help just by doing like exercises and, and internal massages or external massages and we send them to the doctors oh, I yeah
0: see. And that's so great, incorporating your chiropractic Mm -hmm. with this pelvic floor work. I Mm -hmm. think that's really great. So how has that worked in your practice? Has that changed who you're seeing now? Because you're seeing sports, (laughs) medicine people. That's probably like CrossFit guys and dudes, (laughs) like really strong guys. And now have you shifted more to seeing pregnant women and postnatal? That's so great. Yeah, like
1: my practice now, um, more than 50% of my patients who come see me are Either uh, moms that have had more than one child, or um, women who are pregnant and want to prep their pelvic floor muscles, mm. so that when they do give birth and they do have tears or lacerations, that they're stronger.
0: Hmm, that's so great! I wish I knew about that <laughs> when I was pregnant. Uh, okay, so actually, I have a question because my sister just had a baby yesterday. Oh, congratulations! Thank <laughs> you. And she had amazing. She had an at-home birth completely natural, birthed in the water. It's really beautiful. And uh, But so for her, so what would you suggest for her? So someone like her who just had a baby, what would be the steps she should take to now heal properly and make sure she doesn't have any, you know, um, damage from the pregnancy, the labor, mm-hmm. the delivery, et cetera?
1: I would say start on Kegels. <laughs> okay. Um, and if she starts noticing um, any back pain, any pelvic pain, any incontinence that she starts um, to, you know, like in other countries, the first thing that a woman does after giving birth is they have six months of PT or physical therapy. Hmm. And it's a requirement that's made. Really? Yes. What countries? Everywhere except for (laughs) the US. So they do it in Europe. So um, like a lot of French women that I've met who um, have moved out here, they're just wondering why they haven't been sent to physical therapists to start working on their pelvic floor muscles. So there mm. they're sent to a physical therapist. They work on pelvic floor muscles for strengthening because that can prevent you from having incontinence in your yeah. older years. And we all somehow get incontinence. Um, I have patients who never had a baby before who are in their fifties who have incontinence right, right. and it's hard for them because they could be at parties and, um, laughing and mm-hmm. then they just pee on themselves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for your sister, you know, if she, um, has of those um pain, she can go to um a website that I always go to for any questions. Um and it's hermanandwallace.com. And um you there's a search um area where you can just put in like your questions and it'll come up with a bunch of um research paper that they've um published themselves or um information that
0: they can find on the web. Oh cool. Yeah. Okay I'll put that in the description if anyone wants to find that. And so tell me, you know, in terms of Kegel exercises, mm-hmm. I feel like there's maybe different ways of doing it or whatnot. What is the type of Kegel exercise you suggest? Is there a way you describe it that someone can do it easily?
1: Yes. Um, so a lot of times when you've gone to a, um, an OB or a gynecologist or an MD, they tell you to do Kegels where when you go to the restroom, you stop your pee and that's, like, that's your pelvic floor muscles. Mm-hmm. and. Um, I'm not really sure how they tell their um, patients how to do them, but I've had women come in and they, they say, oh, I just stopped my peeing, or like I like a squeeze really hard, and I practice it when I'm like driving. Um, so with my patients, especially after having a baby, it's a muscle that's still healing. Right, mm-hmm. You just push this baby out. And so I start off with just um, more of a relaxing way of doing it. So I have them laying on their back with their legs straight out or bent. Um, I have them taking a deep breath in. So I always have to teach them how to do that. But um, when taking a breath in, most people will breathe only through their chest. And so I have them breathing in and creating internal abdominal pressure. So their belly bellowship is sticking out. Um And so when they're breathing in, their belly should start growing, and then their chest starts to um, rise. And then as they're breathing out, I want them to slowly contract that same muscle that they use to stop their pee. So I have them envision um, a blueberry. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So they have a blueberry in the opening of their vaginal canal
0: Mm -hmm. and also their
1: anal canal, and then they have to pick that blueberry up. Okay. So you're not going to grab it, right? So if they're picking it up like they're picking up a a piano, <clears throat> excuse me, um, then it's too hard. Okay. So I want them to pick up a blueberry, and then as they're picking up that blueberry, their muscles are going to slowly contract, and as they're continuing to breathe out, I want them to pick that blueberry up to the top of their head. So it's going to feel like they're on an huh, elevator.
0: Yeah, I like that. Because <laughs> <laughs> actually, when you do <clears throat> the one where you try to stop your 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 pee. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's like very forceful. it is right So you're saying that this should be more of like a like a more gentle than that.
1: Yeah actually. and but there's a reason why it's because our pelvic floor muscles made out of three layers okay And if you're doing the hard contraction, you're only strengthening the outside muscle. Mm, okay. You want to do all of it so that's re- that's the whole reason for doing the slow movement. So um, if someone can't envision that, I usually have them getting a a device or, um, like, sometimes using a tampon and then practicing, like, creating a contraction around the tampon all the way to the Mm, top.
0: Okay. And so you would suggest this, I mean, for pretty much every woman. Every woman, Yeah, yeah. But during pregnancy after pregnancy, mm-hmm. and then as we age as women, we'll get incontinence as well, too, mm-hmm. and so to, for everyone, basically. For everyone, yeah. Okay. <laughs> even <And> men.
1: So, <laughs> even oh, men. okay. So I, I have... What will they envision? <laughs> <laughs> I told them to envision a zipper. <laughs> oh, okay. Closing up, and that okay. usually works well with them, because I can't do the whole blueberry thing. Oh, I do have male patients.
0: Okay. Um, and they, men have pelvic floor dysfunction, They do. Tubes? And what would that look like?
1: They Why usually... does that come about too? <laughs> so because we all either abuse like our pelvic floor muscles, um, through stress we clench a lot and so our body's just used to always clenching. And clenching for some men, if, if they come into the doctor and they say that they have pain in their pelvic area, the first thing that the doctor's gonna to think is that they have um, like an inflammation of their prostate. Or something going on with their testicles, right? And with all the testing that they've done, all of like the blood work and the urinalysis and all that stuff, it's everything's coming out negative. But they don't understand when they have this pain. Um, sometimes it's your pelvic floor. Either you've uh, you're you're like in a very high stress environment, and you're always clenching, which a lot of people do that, mm. um, or someone who just bears down really hard when they're going in the restroom, um, or they just don't have a lot of time and they're always sitting and they're holding everything in. So those men will come in and they have pelvic pain and they get misdiagnosed all the time. And I've worked with a lot of men who have these pains and they think that something's wrong. And everyone's telling them they're a little crazy, which they're not. They're actually really feeling something. Hmm. Um, So I've worked with um, helping them to learn how to relax those pelvic floor more. Um, And if they come in with a weak pelvic floor, um, that can also cause that same type of pain. I'll work with strengthening it with them.
0: Oh, interesting. Okay, so even men should be doing, yes. <laughs> and theirs is more of a zipper. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right, so blueberry and a zipper. That's easy to remember. Um, so then tell me how you combine the pelvic uh, health work with your chiropractic.
1: Um, so pelvic health uh, is muscular and it's functional, but sometimes is neurological too there could be a compression somewhere somewhere in their sacral nerve or their um, lumbar nerve. And if there is compression, that means that those um, organs are not working well, right? Uh, so I use chiropractic to help to just make sure that the nerves are working well and there's nothing that's blocking that area so that as we're training um, and retraining their core, that they have nothing that's going to get in the way.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so that's with chiropractic adjustments, mm-hmm. et cetera? Yes. Okay. So
1: I do chiropractic a lot, um, but a lot of times I will send them out to an acupuncturist, hmm. which okay. will help me help the person, and they'd put needles in areas that would um, affect the um, the tibial nerve.
0: So then an acupuncturist kind of relaxes those nerves mm-hmm. and then allows you to do more work in terms of adjustments? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what kind of patients are finding you now? So. Is it, is it people are mostly finding you with pelvic floor dysfunction or?
1: Um, it's usually they come in to me and, um, I've had a lot of them just come in with tailbone pain or, or lower back pain. And when I do a little bit more of an investigation, I find that that it happened after pregnancy or it happened during pregnancy. Um, and as I'm checking them, I'm finding that they are weaker in their core and they're weaker in their pelvic floor. And that's when I start seeing more of those patients. And then it's, A really good resource because women talk and so they start telling all their coworkers about it or their sisters. Well, I mean, if you can help (laughs) some
0: of those pains during pregnancy, I'm sure that that's why your practice is growing in that way. Yeah. Because that's a really common problem, right? When people are pregnant. Uh, So, would you suggest people do this proactively? Like, should they go see someone and try to work on this just right when they know they're pregnant? They should now go see someone like yourself?
1: I would think so, yes. It's not always the case, but um, it helps if you've never worked on your pelvic floor before. Um, For instance, if you're going to have surgery on your shoulder, what usually happens is you work that shoulder as strong as you can, and then you have surgery. Hmm. And so if you know you're going to have a baby and the baby's going to be coming out, like— you want to work that pelvic floor muscle yeah. so that's strong, right? So because in every birth, there's going to be some um, laceration. There's going to be weakening of that muscle. And um, it's much easier to come back from being strong at first and then having to repair it than ha- being really weak and going yeah. in and tearing it, and then it's even weaker.
0: Right. Yeah. So important to be proactive. It is. Yeah. And I've I've had a lot
1: of... Um, Patients tell me that their pregnancy was much easier. It was easier for them to push. They didn't have any problems. Um, And then with women who've had second and third um, pregnancies who've never seen anyone um, for it beforehand said that it made a huge difference on their Hmm. second and
0: third pregnancies. So even the labor and delivery part of things is so much easier. And I'm sure the healing Is Mm -hmm. much faster, too. It is. Okay, so it almost seems like a no-brainer. Yeah. (laughs) We all should be doing the blueberry. (laughs) (laughs) And so what else? Are there posture things? Are there lifestyle things that we're doing to degrade this area faster?
1: Yes, because your pelvis is... There's so many things connected to it, right? Your pubic bone is connected to your transverse abdominis muscle, which connects all the way to the top of like where your process is, um, and then you have all your glute muscles um, that are attached to the pelvis, your SI joints, and like your iliums. When we're pregnant and our bellies are growing, our pelvic tilt um, tends to tilt forward. And if it tilts forward, then there's a change because the muscles your pelvic floor muscles also has to change. Um, and if we carry more weight in the front, then that means that we're going to create more compression in the back. Mm. And that could be causing a lot of women to have back pain when they're pregnant. And so um, making sure that you have good posture, keeping your belly close to your body. So that's the reason why when women come in and they have back pain, I usually have them get a, a sacroiliac um belt that they wear hmm. but it's ones for um, pregnant pregnancy and so it helps to kind of cradle the belly closer to the body. And that will take away a lot of pain. Okay. Um if women complain of pubic bone pain like I did, if I wore a belt because someone told me to, oh. it would have taken the pain away.
0: And do you have one that you really like that you would suggest?
1: I, I just go on Amazon. Okay. Yeah, they have some And it's called ones. a
0: sacroiliac belt? For pregnancy. Okay. Yes. For pregnancy. Yeah. And if you're not pregnant and you're saying that over time, uh, these pelvic floor muscles do also get weaker. What mm-hmm. are, is there something lifestyle wise or even posture wise that everyone should be doing?
1: Always just be keeping your um, pelvis neutral. Okay. Right? And because a lot of people like either stick it out or stick it posteriorly because they sit down and they slouch. Mm, um, so okay. just keeping so your. really just
0: having good posture yes, is yeah. important. Yeah. I like to say before when I was um, working with pregnant women a lot um in a a capacity of i was teaching them actually how to dance Uh um i would tell people to pull pretend there's a string on your belly button and you're pulling actually towards the back yes but it's just really gentle it's not like you're like uh, like really, but you're just like pulling gently that there's always a string there pulling your belly in towards yeah i've used the same thing okay yeah Yeah. (laughs) and i think that's really helpful okay great in all of your time as a chiropractor, now doing pelvic health, working with pregnancy, what are some action items that you found that can be really helpful, things we can do every day, just everyday things that we can do to make sure that we're healthy?
1: Um, when it comes to pelvic health, uh, things that we do to our organs, which is the bladder, the uterus, and the um, rectum, like that makes a huge difference. So. If we're always irritating our bladder um, with drinking a lot of coffee or alcohol, um, then that means that we have a higher chance of getting um, infections, right? So chronic infections can cause you to have weaker pelvic floor muscles. Um, So making sure that you're staying hydrated, and you don't want to drink like a 32 ounce of water all at one sitting. Mm -hmm. That puts a lot of pressure onto the bladder, and um, that puts a lot of uh, like weight onto your pelvic floor oh, muscles. That makes sense. So, yeah. y- so you want to make sure that, and you know, you're supposed to be going to the restroom um, throughout the day. But if you're constantly going, that's another reason why we have pelvic floor weaknesses because we're constantly going all the time because we're just putting too much weight into the bladder. Mm. So, sipping water throughout the day and making sure that when you drink coffee or you're drinking tea or drinking alcohol, to make sure that you also replenish with water too. And that will just kind of dilute the bladder, um, the urine a bit. And so it doesn't irritate it as much. Um, and then eating, like if you know that eating hot Cheetos or is going to make your stomach hurt, that's another thing. Like try not to force, because if, if that happens, right, or you're constantly constipated or eating things that are irritating your, um, uh, your digestive tract, like that's going to cause you to either have constipation or have a lot of like diarrhea. And that can cause you to have a weak pelvic floor muscle too.
0: That makes sense. Uh, so, yeah, that's really important. And then I think you mentioned something uh, when we were talking off, off, the, off the mic, but about stress and how stress mm-hmm. can also affect that area. So tell me a little bit about that. So
1: because stress turns on your sympathetic nervous system, your body is going to clench. It doesn't just... Um, It's not just a a symptom of your psyche. It's also a physical thing, right? And so you clench your jaw, you clench your shoulder. That's why people feel like their shoulders are always up to their ears. Um, But another part is your glutes. So when people are stressed out, they clench everything. I don't Mm, know if everyone... It's true. So yeah, right? So sometimes when I'm having a stressful day, I take a deep breath in. And when I relax, I'm like, wow, my whole body (laughs) has been like tense, right? Um, But clenching can also cause you to have um, issues with when women have issues with retention where their muscles are so tight that they can't fully void. They may have to practice some more relaxation um, or meditation where they are not always clenching.
0: Okay. So action items would be women should be doing the blueberry. Yes. Men should be doing the zipper, (laughs) drinking a lot of water, but not all at once, sipping Mm -hmm. throughout the day. And then de-stressing, because when we stress, we really clench our muscles, and that will affect the pelvic health as well. Yes. Okay, (laughs) great. Well, I think those are, I mean, these are things I actually didn't know as well, too. So I'm really glad we had this chat. And if people have more questions and want to reach out to you, maybe they're local or maybe they just want to ask you questions, where can they reach you?
1: Uh, they can email me. Uh, they can email email me at Dr. Naroth, which is D R N A R O T H um, at uh, befreelivewell.com. dot com, um, or they can just go to my website, which is um, befreelivewell.com. dot com, um, and I also have an Instagram um, page uh, where there's also my information on there too, and um, it's I think it's. Dr. Naroth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I'll put all of that in the okay. in the bio, but uh, so uh- Dr. Niroth is really nice to give her email <laughs> and I think that a lot of people have questions about this. I think it's a really common problem and even I didn't know a lot of about uh, some of the things you've mentioned today. So I think that's really great and I'm going to take that to my practice too and definitely be forwarding people along to you including my sister. <laughs> yes, bring uh, it on. <laughs> yeah, because I think that that's so important and uh, you know, having a baby myself 10 years ago and You know, having to work on some of that myself, I think... and my patients, a lot of patients will say, "Oh, well, I had this pain, that pain, ever mm-hmm. since I had my baby." Yes. And now I'm thinking, hmm, I should definitely send them to you. <laughs> um, so great, thank you so much for joining us thank today. You. <laughs> really enjoyed it. And uh, everybody, thank you for joining us in our chat today at Getting to the Root Cause. Uh, we are on YouTube. It's Getting to the Root Cause with Dr. Fong, and we're on all um, podcast platforms.